Let me ask you this. Uh-huh. If you could be anybody in history, anybody, who would you be? Gosh. Hmm? I-, I think I would like to be Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. Yeah, only not so wrinkly yep. and with a really hot body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. She. You're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> Can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. Well, here we go. And uh, do you like uh, jazz organ music? Because I'm sorry, did you say jazz organ, like in the state? Like uh, there, Oregon? No, no or, I, or the... I, I, di- I didn't speak well. Uh, let me try it again. Do you okay. like jazz organ music? Ah, organ, like the piano's cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, pro- probably not. I don't know that I've heard it before. Well, well you're hearing it now. Uh, I'm just mentioning it because the guy they called the king of the jazz organ, Joel DeFrancesco, or maybe Joel DeFrancesco, he's passed away at the age of 51. Oh, that's so Yeah, it's too young to be a king. The jazz organ. You got to be around for a while. You don't just get. No, to... it's too young to pass away. But but you're His right. His first name was Joey, actually. So he's gone. So there you go. And we're underway. How you doing? And here we go. By the way, I'm can doing... I? Uh, before we get okay. in, in uh, uh, too far, I I just wanted to mention that <clears throat> my wife and I are back from a two-day camping trip. <laughs> and look, I'm. No, I'm only laughing. Well, I'm only laughing because of what you texted me during your little duty. Yeah. yeah I, I don't I, know why you don't learn, but go ahead. Yeah, tell, tell the yeah. listeners. Well, the listeners um, might, <laughs> they should know that I am to camping what Donald Trump is to the Ironman Marathon. <laughs> That's pretty. That's just, a pretty that's a pretty accurate visual right there. Yeah, I, I, I'm just not built for it. My my thing is, you know, Lewis and Clark, they they've made their way all the way out here to the northwest. They suffered incredible uh hardships and uh, risked death and had to <laughs> camp on hard ground and and I, and they did it all to set up this nation for what would ultimately become a place where people could be uh, comfortable and live and not have to lie outdoors and have mosquitoes eat your face off all night long. And so, right. so the so the concept of of uh, of camping has never made sense to me in the modern age. I, I know yet, I know, yet, yet you yeah. still insist on doing it. I'm well, not sure what sort of twisted thing you got going on here, but you keep trying it. What what's the pull for you? Do you think it's going to get better? The my friend is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Well, it did get a little better, actually, this time. Now, oh, good. Now, our usual habit, we, we bought this little vintage trailer about, I don't know, gosh, it's got to be pushing seven, eight years ago. 
And it's we have super it cute. Up. That's the kind. That's the one that looks like a little canned ham. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a 1964 Aloha canned ham. The trailer. Super cute. It's yeah. cute. It's very cute. So we have it. We store it uh, nearby. And really, we get it out maybe once or twice a year. And we're always kicking ourselves, saying, gosh, maybe we should just sell it. We never use it. And, that, and my wife will say, well, we do use it once a year. So let's keep it. So so uh, we, uh, anyway, we, we hook the thing up and off we go. And our thing the last several years is whenever we go camping, we don't camp that far from home. And so that by the time the sun starts to set, we look at each other and say, let's get out of here. And so we'll, dr- <laughs> we'll drive all the way back home, leave the trailer in the campsite. Oh my God. And our uh, kayaks and that stuff. But, but we, King of the road. we drive all the way back home so we can sleep in our own bed and, uh, and watch spooky movies on TV. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And then the next morning, we'll get up and drive all the way back again. And wonder if anybody noticed that, that the people in the next campground weren't there all night. Where were they? Oh, my gosh. But this, so time, why don't we... this time, we had a two-night uh, thing. And you got to set these some of these camping yeah. opportunities up a year in advance. They fill I up know, so though, quickly. They, they book up. Yeah. So that's what we did. And uh, first night we did, we went to form. We got in our car, drove back home. King of the road. Drove back up the next day. But then the next day we kept we kept saying, "Okay, we're going to stay the night this tonight." Ah, uh, we don't need to answer that right now. And we'd stall all day. Let's go out in the kayaks. Okay, let's go play with the dog. Okay, now it's starting. Sun's starting to set. Well, are we staying the night? Yeah, I guess. Let's try it. And really? so we did. We finally spent the night. In and this. how was it? It wasn't so bad. I mean, if you like sleeping on a bed of nails, it was great. Yeah, but you have a camper. It's not like you're sleeping. There's there's different levels of camping. There's the there's the tent camping, yeah. which oh, yeah. That's you right can out. have just a sleeping bag on the ground. That's not yep. fun. You yeah, also no. have... T- you also have tent camping that's called glamping, where you actually yeah. have a a bit a bed in the tent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that's not so bad. And then you've got like your little trailer camping, or people sometimes will camp in a little van or something. Yeah. Or people camp in their car. Um, and then you've got the and then you go you have different levels all the way up to the luxury. RV that is not camping at all. You've just basically taken your house and put it next to a river, and you're you're basically <laughs> living the same way you would in your house. Yeah, no, you're 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 right. You've broken it down very nicely. The the my thing whenever I'm camping, I look around, and there's kids screaming, there's dogs barking, <laughs> there's people talking way too loud, there's uh you know. People chopping wood and banging on stuff. And I'm thinking, what, what, isn't the idea of camping, you get out to the quietude of nature and and it's peaceful and it's relaxing. Instead, there's just cacophony all the time. And, uh, and uh, you know, these, these people that are getting drunk for the most yes. part and getting louder and louder as the night comes. 
the whole thing never made sense to me. And yet, clearly, clearly, you've camped next to me before because that's exactly those are all the things that I do. <laughs> and people like it. They like it. There was this couple in a campsite next to us, and I kept looking over at them, and they'd just be sitting in their lawn chairs, looking out in, into the lake and some trees. Nice. They didn't pick up a book. They didn't uh, listen to music. They didn't seem even to talk to each other. They just kept looking and looking and staring well, and sitting. Wait a minute. You're making that sound like, I think that's a good thing to just sit and do not. We, we, we feel compelled to always be doing something. Oh, I know. No, I know and you're some, right. And sometimes it's very centering to just be contemplative. All yeah. of it. Yeah, I and know. sit and shut up and quit doing. No, I know. Very healthy. I, I know you're, what you're saying is exactly right, and it, and it speaks more to my lack of ability to just turn it off and be relaxed, uh, contemplate, uh, you know, do, do a little uh, meditation, you know, and mm-hmm. just enjoy nature and the, mm-hmm. and the birds and the and the and the wild bears that are coming to eat you. Why why can't I just sit there and enjoy that? But no, all I can I do is keep checking my watch and thinking, okay, all right, just two more hours, two more hours to go. And there's nothing to admire about that. I, I get it. But here's the now, other thing. Here's guys, the other thing. No, hold on before you say that. Do you yeah. guys do a, like a, do you cook, like, do you like have a cook, like a cookout and barbecue yeah. stuff? Or do you bring, or do you bring all pre-made stuff so that cooking is not a big deal? No, we had a very successful, uh, ever had hobo Pot, oh. What do they call it? Hobo stew yeah. or hobo pie yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just a melange of stuff that you dump into a tinfoil wrapper. Put it on the campfire. Yeah, you put carrots in there and celery and and, uh, and sausage or, or other some other kind of meat. Uh, and it's good. It's really good. And it made, I asked my wife, why don't we just have this at home? This is good. <laughs> It's not just because we're out camping that it's good. It, 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 it's actually very tasty. I don't know. I don't think it would be. That's the thing. It's yeah, good because you are camping and you know you can't just go to Denny's if it sucks. You, and so you just go, well, this is going to be good. And you're in the wilderness and it's good. Yeah, yeah. And I said, at one point I said to my wife, hey, look, why don't we have some s'mores? She said, great. I've got everything we need for s'mores except the graham crackers and the marshmallows. <laughs> so we just ate the chocolate. <laughs> Did you put it on a stick? Did you put <laughs> it over the fire? <laughs> no, we didn't. We oh, didn't go to well, that tour. So, that but here's lovely. But here's here's the thing, Lisa. Quite seriously, I like I said at the outset, I'm not built for camping. I don't have any skills. If I was the if I was the, the typical example of the human male uh, mm-hmm. when our country was being explored, mm-hmm. uh, we technically, if every guy was like me instead of Lewis and Clark, we would maybe have pushed as far west as uh, eastern Ohio. That's, we wouldn't know about all of this California, Colorado, Oregon, Washington business. You would just stop and go, enough, we're yeah, done. I, I can't go any further. Until <laughs> until the future when someone builds a highway. I'm, I'm not taking this covered. Are you out of your mind? A covered wagon? Look at this piece of 
It's got wooden wheels on it. They're breaking all the time. And the guy running the chuck wagon, that stuff tastes like <laughs> So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into it. Thank you. I'll stay here. Call me if when somebody invents the phone, call me. And then uh, we'll, we'll see about going f- further west. But otherwise, I'm staying right here. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. And because I can't do anything, Lisa, I don't have any skills. And Pat, you are a lumberjack. You can do stuff. You're just lazy. Like a lumberjack. You don't want to do it. Yeah. You used to fell fell trees. Here's the thing. If a guy is driving down the road, driving down a forested road, Uh and he's smoking a cigarette, and one tiny ember from that cigarette ash blows out his window. Right. Next thing you know, there's a wildfire. Hundreds of thousands of acres, homes destroyed, people's lives right. uprooted, animals uh, have to make an exit, yeah. and it's devastation. Yes. All from one tiny ember from a cigarette that flew out the window. Right. What's your point? Where are you going with this? I can stand over a campfire that I have constructed <laughs> carefully with newspaper and kindling and the driest wood that's drier than a popcorn fart, and I still cannot get the fire to go. What I should do is I should just light a cigarette and throw it over my shoulder into into the into the pit, and then there'll oh be an God, instant fire. So so, oh God! Wow! Yeah. No, I didn't it, know actually, you were. We actually not had a, a very good time. It was a successful outing. Uh, it, I, we bought these new racks for our, some kayaks that we have for the top of our car. It yeah. took me, I'd say, 90 minutes to get those kayaks uh, in place, buttoned up so they wouldn't blow off as soon as we pulled out of the driveway. And, oh, I uh, bet you were in a good mood doing that. Yeah, I um, came up with all <laughs> kinds of uh, new words that you've maybe never even heard before, including the, uh, the time... Uh, tested and true words that of course we're all familiar with uh it was a mixture of both nice all right so enough about Well, good i'm glad you had a good a good weekend and you you stuck it out one whole night that's fantastic are you gonna do it again or are you done for the year oh god we're done (laughs) and the other thing is we're way out in uh, almost wilderness area and and i had to get out in the middle of the night to check on something and okay i went out to pee and uh <laughs> but i met so i'm out there like 3 30 in the morning in the absolute dark and it's as if the stars are sitting right on top of our trailer oh, isn't that the best and you just realize i mean you don't get to see it's it so the beautiful. the magnificent numbers of stars and galaxies that were just yeah. such a speck part of and that alludes to what you were just saying, Lisa, is that, you know, the, the, the annoyances of the world and the, the importance we assign to all the things uh, from politics to uh, sports or whatever, it, it just, it doesn't matter. It, it's just, it's right. just so insignificant. And you right. get that feeling when, you, when you're out there like that. It's, it's pretty special. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving. Revolving at 900 miles an hour It's orbiting at 19 miles a second So it's reckoned a sun that is the source of all our power Our universe itself keeps on expanding and expanding In all of the directions it can whiz As fast as it can go, the speed of light you know 
12 million miles a minute and that's the fastest speed there is so remember when you feel very small and insecure how amazingly unlikely is your birth and pray that there's intelligent life somewhere up in space because i'm afraid that we've been cheated here on earth and it's nice too we there's so much light pollution on the planet anymore that we don't even see what's really up there. Um, right. That's one of the things I'd love to do sometime is go on a stargazing trip to – there's some places on this planet that have the least amount of light pollution that allows you to really see. I, I just – I remember I was on a, a barefoot – when I told told you I went on a barefoot windjammer cruise years and years ago. And being out in the sea where they're away from all this, I, I had never, the stars were just right there. It was so magical. And you're right. It helps put things in perspective. And, you know, you can just realize that you're, all your pettiness and the things you're wringing your hands over just don't really amount to a whole lot when you're able to connect with yeah with things that are bigger than yourself. We get so dialed into our own crap sometimes that we forget to just get outside of ourselves. And well that, put, so. well put. We we are lucky enough to live near two really big time uh, observatories here. Yeah, and I know. I want to go gigantic telescopes. A, they can pull in I'm Saturn. I'm going to see you guys. And we're going to go do that. Please. Okay. We, we, this is a good time. Why don't you come down now? Saturn okay. and Jupiter are on, are on full display right now. <sighs> And uh, in, in this cool, you can see the rings. I mean, they and then the the looking at uh, at uh, Saturn every night is different, or is it Jupiter? Uh, anyway, the moon the moons are moving around that planet, mm-hmm. so you get a different view every night that you go out. Yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. When you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. When you Upon a star, your dreams come No, I haven't been camping. I've been, I've been working through some stuff. Um, hmm. I'm not going to get too far into it, but you know what I've been kind of going through this past few weeks uh, on a personal note. And, um, I, I wanted to bring something up. I'm reading a really interesting book by Dan Harris called 10% Happier. And my friend, Corrine, who you know um, mm-hmm. from our old radio days, she worked at Star. We worked in next door at Como. Um, she's just one of my lifelong friends. And she had recommended this podcast and book to me a while back because I have a tendency to stop. Uh, I can't stop thinking and ruminating and dwelling. And so this latest personal thing that I'm working through right now has really overtaken my days and mm. I can't sleep and uh, oh, having no. a really hard time with it. Well, I'm sorry so about I, that. So we would know who now who's Dan Harris. So Dan Harris is a, um, he is a newsman uh, that worked with Peter Jennings back in the day. And he actually had, and you can find this on YouTube. In fact, I'll link it to this podcast. Uh, I'll link it to our page here. He had a panic attack on live television. He was filling in for Robin Roberts when Robin Roberts was the newsreader. And I believe this is back when Charlie Gibson and uh, Diane Sawyer were mm-hmm, anchoring. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And Dan Harris was filling in for Robin Roberts. And he had a full-blown – I didn't mean to laugh there because it's not funny at all. But he had a full-blown panic attack on air during the news. And he felt like he couldn't breathe. And he wasn't even able to finish the segment. He had to toss back to them. We're going to go now to uh, Dan Harris who's at the news desk, Dan. Good morning, Charlie and Diane. It all went down back in 2004 when I was filling in on Good Morning America and I suddenly lost the ability to breathe. Health news now. One of the world's most commonly prescribed medications may be providing a big bonus. Researchers report people who take cholesterol-lowering drugs called statins for at least five years may also lower their risk for cancer. But it's too early to, to prescribe statins slowly for cancer production. Uh, that does it for news. We're going to go back now to Robin and Charlie. That was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. And according to the ratings, it was seen by 5.019 million people. The good news about that, yeah, it's fascinating. I'll, I'll, again, I'll link the YouTube video. Um, but it was really a wake-up call for him that inspired him to start getting help for his anxiety. Um, and, um, you know, I'm... I'm a rather anxious person anyway. It's just sort of my nature, as you know. Um, and I thought, wow, this latest thing I'm going through has really accelerated that. And I had a conversation with a therapist about that. And she said, do you feel like your anxiety is sort of ramped up in the last few years? And I said, I kind of feel like it has. And there's been some research uh, that shows that our levels uh, of anxiety are kind of through the roof. And there's some reports out there that uh, almost 7 million adults have some sort of generalized anxiety and 6 million have panic disorder. Do you have the time to listen to me whine about nothing and everything all at once? I am one of those melodramatic fools now, I don't have panic attacks. Um, I've had a couple through my whole life, but not, but some people have these every day. I'm just got this sort of mid-level, mid to low-level anxiety that just haunts me throughout my day. So Dan Harris wrote a book called 10% Happier. And by the way, some of these things, which you probably know, Pat, uh, have to do with currently right now, anxiety levels have to do with inflation, gun violence, politics, climate crisis. Uh, the, the the pandemic really jacked things up for people, yeah, um, sure. which I know it did for me. So I'm now dealing with something that I probably could manage if all this other crap hadn't layered onto what I'm going through right now with this situation, which is um, difficult for me. It's, it's just a very personal thing I'm dealing with right now. So um, I have to tell you, this book is fantastic. Um, Dan Harris wrote this book about how he tamed the voice in his head and he found it, it's a self-help book. And I know people sort of, you know, poo poo that, but it is one of the most fascinating books I've read about anxiety. His podcast is fantastic. I highly recommend it to people, the 10% Happier Podcast. And then he also has an app, like you were talking about, Pat, for meditation. Now, I've never me meditated because I thought it was boring and my mind would wander and I'd be like sitting there going, I don't know what I'm supposed to think about. Yeah. And yeah. then I'd start, yeah, it just didn't work for me. And I've just now started 
this month on this this 10% happier guided meditation is the, the key for me. I can't just sit there with my own thoughts because I'll, I'll spin out, but the guided meditation has been fantastic. So I, I highly recommend it and, and it's a way to take self, it's self-care. It's a way to, to tame this, this beast. And, um, I'm feeling, I'm feeling better uh, today. I have, well, today's one of the first days I have felt better and I was looking forward to talking to you. I haven't felt like doing much lately. I haven't, you know, so I, it's good. It's all good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling better. Not perfect. There is a, your your story in that uh, story of Dan Harris reminds me of a fellow, and maybe we've talked about this before. I don't know. His name is Jason David Kander. He's a, an attorney. He's an author. He's a politician. He's a veteran. Uh, I, I listened to him on a podcast. He uh, had served as the uh, Secretary of State of Missouri. He'd been in the House of Representatives there. But maybe more uh, importantly, he was a intelligence officer in the Army National Guard, and he got to the rank of captain. He's very mm-hmm. articulate, very bright. And he was running for mayor of Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. It's his home state. Uh, previously, uh, on the stump, he caught the attention of all people of Barack Obama. Who do you see out there in the Democratic Party today as a rising star that sort of has that sense of principle and courage that you see coming up? The new generation. You know, I, I think there's a, a bunch of folks who are doing really interesting stuff. Um, my guy in Missouri, Kander, uh, who, who lost, but seems extraordinarily talented, seems like a sharp guy, and I hope that he uh, gets back on the horse. So he's in the middle of running for the mayor of Kansas City, and he suddenly drops out, and nobody can figure out why. He's got a lead, he's going to win. Mm. He drops out. One of the things I learned, I mean, I spent 11 years telling myself, well, what I experienced in Afghanistan, that can't possibly count as PTSD because I have friends who were shot, friends who lost, you know, limbs and that sort of thing. So I, I told myself for years, well, well, it doesn't count. And what I hear people doing all the time right now is looking at the news and saying, well, that's what happened to somebody else. I saw it on the news, but it's really upsetting me, yes, and I've been having trouble concentrating, I've been losing sleep, but it's not like I experienced a trauma. So then they don't afford themselves the opportunity to get any help. So I wrote the book that I needed 14 years ago when I came home from Afghanistan, but didn't exist, because I'm hopeful that there's somebody out there, maybe they're a veteran, maybe they're not. Really, they don't have to be uh, to get something out of this book, uh, and I think they could get a lot out of it. For one thing, or one reason or another, it just it crept up on him, and it, and it yeah. affected his thinking. Wow. To the point that he decided, despite all the people that were encouraging him and pushing him and wanting him to seek that office, he dropped out because he said, I got to deal with this first. Uh, but I wanted people to know that you can manage your life. You can have this sort of trauma, go to treatment and do much better, which is why I wrote the book. It's also why all the proceeds from the book go to fight veteran suicide and veteran homelessness at Veterans Community Project. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got to deal with this first. And so a guy that was headed for big things in national politics just called a timeout. And, he, and yeah. he's, he's in a better place now. Is he going to so run smart. for office again? He says... I don't know. 
I don't have yeah. any plans to. I just, I'm so much happier now. My relationship with my wife and my kids is better. If I just mm -hmm. get to hang out with them the rest of my life, that'll be good enough for me. The new book is Invisible Storm, a soldier's memoir of politics and PTSD. <laughs> I wish we had more politicians that could analyze themselves, mm. understand their shortcomings, understand maybe the avarice that's driving them to, to seek higher office, or the multitude of things uh, that are in their head and just stop and question themselves and saying, am I the right person for this job? Or am I just mailing it in? Am I jumping uh, and taking part in, in tribal politics here instead of really trying to change the well, you world? Have to have a, you have to have a, a high level of self-awareness self -awareness. To, even, exactly. yeah. to even begin to tackle these demons and you know when you were talking about um his his uh post-traumatic syndrome stress syndrome you don't ha and you were saying you know he didn't see combat that doesn't matter you, you trauma can happen in a variety exactly. of ways from a variety of situations and it's so it's it's so important to just um be gentle with yourself on those things that don't let anybody tell you, oh, you should get over that or you shouldn't feel this way. And, you know, I've kind of gone my whole life being told that. Mm -hmm. And I'm now kind of, a, I'm now, <clears throat> it's, it's tough to wade into. It's very tough to wade into. But I'm now thinking, uh, well, I do feel that way. So let me take a look at it and see if I can't uh, create something that is uh, going to serve me and not the rest of the world. And, and it's scary to do and it's icky and messy and, and awful and, but it's, it's super necessary. So this thing that I'm going through, this personal thing that you know about, mm -hmm. really I'm grateful for because this has been kind of the catalyst for me to go, whoa, wait a second, what's happening for me and how can I address this? So it's, People think it's very selfish to want to take care of yourself, but it's not because you get to then show up as you, you get to show up as your best version. You know, I admire, uh, I, I, and I'm not pandering, I admire that you um, have the depth to want to understand yourself in that way. I, and I, I guess I put myself in this category as the kind of person who's just kind of sitting on a stick in the middle of a stream and just floating along and not thinking too much about where I'm going or how I got here and what is am I going to do flat next? Or is it is the stick flat or is it upright? <laughs> it's pretty pokey. It's got some splinters in it. <laughs> day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. You know that's a game that I hate to lose. I'm feeling the strain Ain't it a shame Oh, give me the beach boys And free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll And drift away I think I, I'm, I'm naturally curious uh, As you know About all sorts of things And so it's very easy to um, To be curious And not just it's, it's so easy to be judgy Judgy Wedgie was a bear, and I've decided I'm gonna Let me approach write this. <laughs> Judgy Wedgie was a bear. Was a bear. <laughs> no, I did not know that. 
Are you perhaps thinking of Fuzzy Wuzzy? Fuzzy Wuzzy lost his crop in the North Pole barber shop. Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't Fuzzy Wuzzy. Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't Fuzzy Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't Fuzzy Wuzzy. But I think approaching it from more of a curiosity uh, standpoint, like I'm trying to do here, is getting me further than being judgmental and saying there's something wrong with me. I need to fix it. That's not that's not the 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 the, the place you want to try to do this kind of work. Yeah. It it really has to be approached with more curiosity. And so this is why Dan Harris's book, and I love that it's just called 10% Happier because so many of these books are like, well, you know, you're going to be happy your whole life. No, let's just aim for 10% happier. Yeah. That's what reminded me of Jason Kander. Yeah. I mentioned a moment ago, He that's all he was seeking to do. He wasn't yeah. looking for a grand solution. Oh, good. Now I'm all better. Now I'll go right. back and run for office. He right. Just, it's incremental, you know, and and, and, mm-hmm. and you 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 may if your goal is to be a hundred percent normal, whatever the hell that means, then you'll you may you'll probably never make it. But just be satisfied with progress, and that's all. Yeah, that's all I think you're seeking well, in, in him. Yeah, and you don't ever want to be completely happy. People who say all I want to be is happy all the time. Well, that's that's bullshit. Because would you really want to be happy if if your wife died? No, you want to be able to feel those emotions of sadness mm-hmm. and and anger and disappointment and fear and that's that's the human experience. So the goal is not to be happy all the time. The goal is really to be able to show up like I was saying in a way that serves you best and 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 deepens your relationships around you and not just romantic ones, you know. Um, I, I want to be in a romantic relationship. I've got some work I, I need to do on that before I think I'm able, but this stuff is going to help my relationships with you and, and Trixie and Corrine and my friends, Richard and Mike and Carol and all these wonderful people I have around me that I care deeply about. And that's what I think's really exciting. Um, it's not to be perfect all the time. You're going to get into scraps and misunderstandings. This is not about avoiding those things. It's about how you work through them and come out the other side still with love and still with, I know, God, I, where, I'm getting all woo-woo here. What the hell happened to me? Go get your troubles. Come on, get happy. You better chase all your cares away. Shout hallelujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. Well, uh, you know, if you want to see nothing but happy people, uh, log into Facebook. Yes. Everything's great. I mean, there's a few messages like, I lost my job today and my mom died. But for the most part, it's like, oh, look at me and my and my husband Larry we've been married 47 years we could not be more in love life right. is so wonderful here we are right. in the Caribbean you know blah blah, blah. you know so th- that that's people do try to put on a front yeah. of of uh, complete and utter joy all the time life is Which just can make perfect you for me feel, and it can make you feel worse cuz you're like yeah God. Man, I feel like shit today. Look how happy everybody else is. <laughs> yeah, so God. that's why social media, I try to stay off that yeah, now. I, I, I just, I very rarely post anything because it's just, you're right. It doesn't serve, serve you well in your own, your, how we tend to want to compare ourselves to everybody else and, and 
yeah, so that's not always good to be on social media. For the judgment day. As you know, so. I live down in Central Oregon now, and uh, yes. we're we're in a community about 12, 13 miles from my hometown of Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And Bend is, uh, it's a growing city. It's got 100,000 plus people in it now. Um, mm-hmm. It's entirely different from the little burg that I grew up in. But we've come back here after, you know, 35 to 40 years uh, living in Washington State, which I consider home now, of mm-hmm. course. But right. um, as you no doubt heard, we had a gun incident in Bend. And all of a sudden, the little humble town of Bend became one of those mm-hmm. cities that joined the club of mass shootings. Yeah, I was, um, and again, my anxiety, I saw that. I, I'm i I'm off the news for the most part, but I yeah. have to check in on our Facebook page for the podcast and whatever. And then I was also on Twitter a little bit and I saw Bend, Oregon um, trending and I'm like, ah, oh, I better go see what's happening in Bend. And I thought maybe it would be a fire or who knows what. And I, my, my stomach just dropped out. And of course, the first thing I do, because my anxiety always allows me to go to the worst possible conclusion as quickly as possible, was that you and Patty were probably shopping at that Safeway. So of course, I texted you immediately. And then you didn't text me back. And I found myself spiraling a little bit. So when I do that, you need to text me right back and let me know you're okay. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I, uh, I We may have been incommunicado at that time on that camping trip. I had no Oh, service. that's right. That's no right. Service. But um, I, I'm glad that you didn't assume that, oh, God, Pat must have shot a bunch of people. <laughs> I mean, some people would assume, <laughs> no, not, not that I'm in danger, but I am the danger. But, I wouldn't uh, have assumed that if the two of you, I would have su- assumed that Patty finally had lost her mind. It, it, it wouldn't have been you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Patty, so, Patty took a bunch of people. So this is something I wanted to ask you about some weeks ago, and it is, it's uncomfortable and um, unpleasant to ponder, but I, I think it, it's worth thinking about. Because this guy in Bend here, he had one of those uh, AR-15s, yes. you know, and, and went on a bit of a little rampage. Uh, two mm-hmm. people killed, plus himself in an apparent suicide. Yes. Um, and one guy actually hid behind a produce rack and then and then tried to get the drop on the guy uh, when he was had his back turned, and he got oh, killed. Scary. I mean, that, oh, God. and I just think of comparing this to Uvalde, for example, mm-hmm. some weeks ago. It's still unclear, but it looks like a lot of people not only were not heroic, but weren't weren't even doing the basic job. They were derelict in their duties. Protecting a little kid. Right, right. So, so here's what I wanted to ask you about. Um, there was an incident, I think it was in the mid-50s, 1955, something like that. And there was a 14-year-old black kid named Emmett Till. The Chicago teen went to visit relatives in Money, Mississippi. While there... Till and a group of friends went into a store to buy candy. Till spoke to a white female storekeeper in a manner she deemed offensive. On August 28, 1955, the storekeeper's husband, Roy Bryant, and his half-brother, J.W. Milam, abducted Till at gunpoint from his great-uncle's home. They drove him to a shed where they took turns torturing and beating him 
with a pistol. The pair then drove the battered teen to the edge of the Tallahatchie River. There they ordered him to remove his clothes and shot him in the head. Heartbroken and grief-stricken by the brutality of her son's death, Mamie Till Bradley defiantly held an open casket funeral in Chicago for her son. She even sent pictures of his disfigured body to newspapers and magazines. And they published them because she wanted mm -hmm. people to see yeah. what it looks like when people mm -hmm. are killed in this manner. Yes. It's one thing to read about it in the abstract. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, well, that's too bad. That That's awful. But, you know, it wasn't penetrating. And in her case, it was about civil rights. And and she wanted to see how, how senseless and brutal and awful this was. And those pictures really sparked a civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And and I have heard propositions lately, especially after Uvalde and, and, and maybe again right now here in little old Bend, Oregon. Should we, assuming that the parents sign off on it, should we show the, the pictures of these kids and what, what an AK, whatever that was, 15, AR 15 really yeah. does to a person? That it turns them into meat. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. They, like they say, the only way they could identify one kid was by the tennis shoes he happened to be wearing that day. I mean, is it going to take a big old punch in the face like that for the American public to really say, you know what? This is senseless. This gun business is senseless. We have got to implement laws with teeth in them, background checks, um, uh, requirements for educating yourself about how to use a gun. Um, psychological profiles of people that want to ban on assault weapons that we don't need yeah, those types yeah. of things. I have a. Um, I, I don't think it needs. I don't think it needs to be just children. I think any uh, gun violence. Um, I actually have my uh, my friend Richard is the executor of my estate. Um, when I shuffle off this mortal coil, and I think I've told you this before that I have my anxiety stems from I have a feeling I'm going to get uh, shot. <clears throat> I just yeah. feel. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time at the Safeway in Bend. I just feel like that. And I, I know it's probably the odds of that are not hap are not huge, but that's still where I, I land on how I'm going to die. And I have uh, uh, given him permission to publish mm -hmm. pictures of my death should I die by gunfire. And I want people to see it. Uh, I don't know, you know, having, having those pictures published, uh, I still do not believe Pat that that is going to trump the money that gets funneled in to the gun lobby, which keeps this whole nightmare alive. I, I just don't, I, I feel like yeah. Yeah, I there's, you know, you and I were on the air when Sandy Hook had, we were on the air freaking filling in for Dory Monson that, that week of Sandy Hook. And everybody said, well, that's it. I mean, children, children massacred. That's got to be it. And it wasn't. And never mind that we didn't have these kind of assault weapons back when these uh, guys with the wooden teeth were framing the Constitution. Um, but but just just so you know, just just for your education, take a look. This is this is the reality of what that of what happens. I think it could make a difference. You know, uh, on a yeah. on a lighter note, it is really not light. But I I think it was a Phil Donahue 
You remember the Phil Donahue show? Loved Phil Donahue. God, that was one of there my was favorite some shows. Kind of, there was some kind of proposal floating around out there that uh, on a pay-per-view basis, you could have uh, you could show public executions on TV. Oh yeah. For people, and his idea was that for people who glorify the death penalty mm. and all of that, mm-hmm. let's show them what an execution really looks like. Yeah. Let's 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 let put it front and center. Mm-hmm. And so you know, it 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 might have sounded tasteless, but I I took it to uh, making a satirical bit called the execution of the month. Um, as if it was something you could pay for and view on television. Here, here's a snippet of Execution of the Month. Welcome to the Execution of the Month. Coming to you tonight from Louisiana State Penitentiary, here's your host, Skip Town. Well, thank you very much, Johnny. Everybody looks like they're doing great tonight. You ready for an execution? We got one coming up here. Let's talk for a moment first to the condemned man, Elroy Billadu. How you doing? Well, hey, not too great. I mean, I'm I'm going to be executed, man. <laughs> yep, and you chose lethal injection. Why not hanging, Elroy? Well, I'm told we've got a rope shortage in this country. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to say one more thing. Uh, I'm yep. not guilty. Okay, all right. Look, let's not go all over that again. The jury found you guilty, and we... Wait a second. Looks like the governor may be calling... And there has been a stay of execution. Oh, boy. Lots of disappointed folks here, as you can imagine. We dragged our cameras down here, big TV crew, and now nuts, this. Well, we'll try again next time on The Execution of the Month. Stay tuned next for Funeral Home Antics, coming right up. Yeah. Would you ever watch Would you ever watch that? I wouldn't want to watch that. Nope. No, no, I wouldn't. No, no God. Way. No way. I am. Um, uh, unless I had a front row seat, and you don't want a front row seat in no, that case. Not at yeah. all. Because they put stuff on your head and they strap you down. And I had something uh, recent uh, that was upsetting to me. Uh, I had gone to the grocery store. This was uh, actually a few weeks ago. I'd oh, gone to I the know. Gro- the prices are just <laughs> brutal. And I got into the parking lot. It's the local QFC up here. And I got in the parking lot and the whole parking lot was filled with uh, emergency EMT trucks. And I mean, not just one, there were like four of them in, in lights flashing. And I'm thinking, Oh, I'm that, you know, I thought what you thought, Oh, somebody, you know, saw the price of bread and just, you know, had a, you know, started, had a panic attack. And I got into the store and it was very busy because it was a late afternoon after five and it was very busy and there were people kind of everywhere. And there was a man on the floor near the entrance, the opposite entrance that I was coming in. And he was surrounded by <clears throat> um, emergency uh, EMT people who were working on him. And he had the mask on and they were giving him CPR. And I grabbed my cart and I stopped for a second. And I thought, I just thought, this just feels so intrusive to be grabbing my shopping bags and, you know, hoping that this guy is okay and continuing on my merry way to get my, my eggs and my yogurt and my creamer. And I, and people were just stepping around him with their bags of broccoli. And Mm -hmm. it just felt so horrible to me. And I, I stopped and I thought this guy 
is in such um, human distress. Life in, uh, yeah, and um, I, I can't um, continue on my shopping. This just felt very disrespectful for me to do that. So I put my cart away and I came back home and just sort of sat with it for a bit and thought, okay, I'll go the next day. And, and of course I talked to the, to the people at the store and I said, what ended up happening? And they said, yeah, he, he had passed away from, from a heart attack. And, and one of the gals was, she said, I was trying to sort of block off this area, but people just kept walking with no regard, no regard to this man's situation. And it just still really upsets me because it just, I just felt so horrible that that was where, you know, things ended for him and, you know, yeah. somebody loved him and he loved somebody and to have people just step around and even be irritated, even be irritated that their path was blocked by this scene was just beyond, uh, I, I, I know, I, I know. I, so, I remember a flight that Patty and I were on years ago, a guy, uh, there was a call from the pilot. I think I've told you this recently. Yeah. It said, is there any medical uh, professionals on the plane, please? We have a man. And just Patty was the only one on this plane that was full, 300 people plus, mm -hmm. that as a nurse, she raised her hand and she went up and the man had already died. But mm -hmm. it was the same thing, Lisa. People, you know, a guy, guy, hey, can I get a beer over here? Here, I'll get yeah. it myself. And he gets and he steps over the dead guy yeah. to get his in way into the galley so he can grab another beer. Oh, my God. And, the, and meanwhile, I can remember it to this day, the movie Police Academy 2 was playing as the, uh, you know, air, the flight movie. And people are laughing at the same oh time. Not everybody God. was aware of what was going on, I'm right, sure. But right. the whole thing was so, I had all the same feelings you just had. Mm -hmm. It was not good. It, yeah. And the fragility of human life. And mm -hmm. boy, you know, give the guy a little respect on his right. way out. Would it be okay Maybe if you didn't have your beer. Great tasting hams. Hams of beer refreshing. Hams of beer refreshing. Hams. Hey, let's uh, let let's wrap. Let's put the wrap. I'm getting the I'm getting the hurry up sign over here from our director. <laughs> okay. As if we have as if we had one. And I'm gonna give him a sign right back. Okay. Here we go. Our closing joke. I did a uh, cat uh, rescue charity auction. Oh, oh, nice. And uh, here's, a, here's a joke I found and I told at the beginning of that auction. Okay. An older woman is uh, suddenly visited one day by a fairy godmother. Except it's a guy, but he's, he's fairy and he can grant wishes. Nice. And she said, oh, that'll be wonderful. How many wishes do I get? Well, I'll grant you three wishes. Oh, my, that's wonderful. What is your first wish? I wish I had a new couch. This one I'm sitting on is lumpy, it's dirty, I've had it for years, and I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Your wish is my command. And a new couch nice. suddenly appears in her living room. Awesome. She's sitting on it. She's, oh, my golly, this is wonderful. And your second wish, ma'am? Oh, my second wish. You know what? I've got a new couch. Why not have a new house? Mm. Uh, very well. <laughs> Suddenly, a new house. She's sitting in a new house in a new couch. Wow. 
This is so, so wonderful. I can't believe this is happening to me. You, you have a third wish, ma'am. Oh, yes. Well, I know what I want. You see this cat over here? Oh, yes. He's such a loving, sweet cat. I just adore him so much. Would it be possible to turn this cat into a handsome young man? I can do that. And a handsome young man is suddenly sitting next to her on the couch where the cat had just been. Wow. She's going, and and, you know, she looks at the the young man, and uh, he's as handsome as can be. And the young man looks back at her and 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 he says, I'll bet you're sorry now you got me neutered. <laughs> like a poor of the that steps in and pulls you through. You wish upon a star your dream. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.